Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, everyone, to Show Off Music's New Crop Country. This is Season 1, Episode 1, and I'm your host, Greg Stafford. I'm very pleased to introduce our very first guest on this very first podcast. Now, she's one of the hardest-working independent musicians that I know, and she's here to talk about her latest single, Better Man. Please welcome Susie Corey, everybody. Hello, Greg. How are you? Good. <laughs> Thank you for coming to our first podcast, episode one, season one. Hopefully, uh, I renew it. <laughs> well, I love it. There's a lot of ones in there, which makes me number one. You are number one. <laughs> And thank you very much for, for doing this. Uh, much appreciated. Um, again, I kind of alluded it to that, uh, that welcome uh, that you have to work on. Um, but I've known you for a couple of years now. And I first uh, followed you uh, on Instagram, I think. What caught my attention was actually the T-shirt that you're wearing today. Oh, that was in Pretty Little Things. So that's a different Was that Pretty Little Things? It was, yeah. more an upbeat fun song but yeah I was with a couple of members of Puddle of Mud but wearing a kiss shirt good for you well it's my way of you know showing people I mean I love country music and it's what I sing but there's definitely a rock edge to it and I love rock bands I own like 50 million rock band shirts so (laughs) I thought it'd be funny but it was really there was a, a bigger reason behind that because there's a part in the song where I go shout it out loud and you know it's kind of like an ode to kids <laughs> ah there we go and the circle's complete right yeah <laughs> wow that's interesting well kiss was actually the very first uh band that i ever saw uh as a as a major act in concert in uh 19 i can't remember but it was their love gun tour so yeah there's uh there's that anyway yeah i'm very because I didn't see them until 2017. Can you imagine? 2017? Yeah. So that would have been their... Wow. Oh, no, maybe it was... 
You know what? I'm sorry. I think it was 2019 that I saw them. It was August 17th, 2019. That was the first time I saw them. So 2019. Well, was that the, hmm, was that was just before the last, the end of the road tour? It was the end of the road tour. Yeah. Oh, you saw them. So in Toronto? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Incredible show. (laughs) I, I haven't seen that show yet. Oh, no way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway, enough about them. Let's talk about you and this new song. I love it, by the way. Uh, uh, I have to say that with listening to your songs, and, and I, I listened to them again just before, before this uh, interview, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that likes, and I think most people like that, so I count myself as average, uh, songs that tell a story. And for me, when I reconnect really to songs, it's, it's imagery. And um, partly um, listening to A Better Man, I, I already knew some of the story that you, you said this is uh, um, a discussion or, or a thought behind um, uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I listened to the song again, sort of in that, in that uh, with that thought in mind. Uh, so it, it struck a chord differently than, than when I first listened to it, but a, a very good song. So I'll let you talk about it. Maybe you can tell us a little bit of uh, background and how you came to write the song. Sure. Well, I mean, it's kind of a funny story because I flew out to LA, like I was telling you, I work with a producer down there, Brent Woods, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, we, I was out there to record one song and I had some lyrics to finish up, was stuck for lyrics on another song. And we ended up having a lot of discussions. Like we spent a lot of time in the studio talking. And during that time, I started to understand some things that he was going through. And from those discussions, this song kind of came about because it was at the time in 2020 and the pandemic was going on. And to be a touring musician who that's a large part of your life and it's defined a lot of who you are, to then be pulled off of the road and be home most of the time, um, you know, you do a lot of self-reflection. And I think not just for him, but I had spoken to other musicians as well who were going through the same thing where they were really reevaluating their life and all the things that they thought that they wanted out of life was slowly changing, you know, and they were starting to get a different perspective. And I think it was pretty amazing to see, you know, I don't want to say that it was all male, but it was <laughs> the guys that I was talking to. And so these are kind of tough guys. And I think maybe you could, you know, confirm this, but a lot of guys don't tend to really talk about their feelings with each other. Right. No. So I felt very privileged to be privy to this kind of, you know, what they were thinking, what they were going through and seeing the amazing changes that were happening, a lot of positive changes that they were making in their life. Um, so that even if they were to go back out on the road later, you know, they, they had a different perspective on life and really what was important to them. And so even though I didn't go and finish the song, I was there to record I was on the plane flying from LA. I had a, I was doing a festival down in Nashville and I wrote the song in three hours, you know, on the plane. And it was all inspired by those conversations. So I kind of went, you know, it's funny. I went there to record a song, didn't finish it, but instead I got the gift of another song. So everything oh, for a reason. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I know what you mean about guys, I guess um, the typical guys that I hang out with, uh, we don't talk a lot about, you know, our, our, our feelings other than, yeah. Are you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> Can you get something to eat? Um, but you're right. I mean, since the pandemic, it's changed a lot, and it's it's uh, created a lot of inter um, searching, I guess. You know, so I, I hmm. you know, I think I think there's 
the discussion isn't exactly about feelings, but it's the discussions have changed. You know what I mean? It's, it seems to be a little bit more in depth than, um, you know, the fellows that I talk to are, are more, uh, you know, thinking about the future and, um, there's more discussions like that. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it's important, uh, to have those discussions. Uh, you know, I see, I see younger folks and I have a son that's, uh, 30 something and, and a daughter that's uh, 20 something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the discussions with them uh, have changed. I noticed that. So, and I think, I think maybe the younger, younger uh, gentlemen uh, seem to be a little bit more in tune with and, yeah. and be a little freer to discuss. I don't know. Um, you know so us older guys are still, I guess, the holdovers from, you know, uh, just hold it in. You know. right. But the, the thing about the thing about music is, uh, it is the, is the experience and, and, and the emotions that, that tie into, into music. Um, that's what, that's what, uh, triggers me. Right. And I think, I think at most people, you know, people, when you, when you talk about music, they, they, they go back to where their media, they go back to where they first heard the song or, or what it meant to them. So, um, a, a better man is, is, uh, you know, it, it, it for my, my first, my first thought, with that and and uh you know was was I, I think you know the song um a simple man uh, sort of sort of came to mind uh for me which is an, was one of the songs that 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 tugs at the heartstrings right and yeah. and so whatever you did and wrote i mean it's it's for me it struck a chord so those are the songs that that i remember um it's just like uh your uh love revolution yeah. Uh, by the way, the last minute of the song, amazing. that song I, I know it's developed into um, a festival for you yeah. so maybe maybe if you could talk to that a, a little bit well that song I mean I remember specifically I I live in a condo and I have a keyboard and I play very minimal <laughs> like I you know I'd never played in front of people but I play well enough to be able to do basic chords to write a song and I sat down at the piano because or the keyboard because I felt something and I you know a lot of the songs come that way where it's just, it's a feeling. And I didn't know what it was exactly, but I just started playing some chords and I heard this thing, you know, I can feel it coming. Can you feel it too? You know, just, it's something that's coming and this better feeling and the world's changing and the, all these positive feelings. And, you know, it felt like almost like a gospel song to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I sent it to my producer, he's like, Oh my God, this is fantastic. You know, I said to him, this is just, it's a vision I have that the world is going to a better place. And it's funny because I think I wrote it in 2020, <laughs> like just before, you know, the pandemic. Just before? And just before. That's yeah. amazing and, because the lyrics, right? It, it, yeah. It could, and then right now. 
And yeah. that's why and I held on to the song, but I, you know, put it out in 2020 because I saw that there was all these changes happening. And, you know, you can look at it as negative. Um, you know, it's a pandemic. Obviously, there's casualties involved with people passing away and people not being well. But I think it's like a rejuvenation of this earth. I mean, it's just for me, I see it as something, some big changes are happening. And there is beautiful things happening too. You know, people are awakening to a lot of things and yeah, there's the, the world will never be the same as it was, but you know, I'm not going to get too philosophical and too political, but the point is the song came about just from a feeling, a gut feeling that I had. And, you know, I've always been kind of like a hippie at heart and the whole Woodstock idea, peace, love music, you know? Um, so when I put out the song, I realized, well, you know, to promote it, usually you do a music video or something. And I thought, no, I want to do something different with this because it's a feeling and I want people to understand what that feeling is. And it's like a movement, you know, the love revolution. And then this idea came to me of doing a festival because when I put out the song in 2020, everything was being canceled. There was no live music, all the festivals canceled and we were having nothing going on. I went like, no, you know, we're not going to stop the music. We've got to find a way to do this. And I read about some drive-in concerts that had been happening. And I went, mm -hmm. well, there's a concept, you know, and I'm not a promoter. I'd never put on a proper show by myself, but I went, no, I'm going to make this happen. You know, and I reached out to friends who are musicians and one thing led to another and it felt like, you know, field of dreams, build it and they will come. <laughs> and it turned into this big festival that was put together in like three weeks. And, you know, since then, and then two months later, I went down to Tennessee and I did one down in Tennessee as well. So I, you know, since then I've done one every year. We did one last year, doing another one this year. And last year, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it in Tennessee, but hope to this year. But, you know, now that's become like a passion project for me. I just, I absolutely love it because there's depth, there's meaning, and you, people are starting to catch on to what it is, you know, and, mm -hmm. and more than ever, we need love right now. You know, yes. I mean, we always need love, but more than ever at this time in our world, that's the only answer to everything. I, I agree. I, I mean, uh, I've watched that Get Back, you know, by the Beatles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, seeing them in the studio and, you know, I, I think about um, about their era, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the era when I was just growing up. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, they they have the song says it all, right? Love is all you need. Yeah. But uh, you know, going back to your festival, when when are you do you have a date yet for when when it's coming up? Yeah, I actually have a date. I have the lineup. Everything's kind of all set. Oh, okay. Very good. I got the stage. Uh, it's happening on July 16th, and it yeah. takes place in Cabin, Ontario, which is like 15 minutes west of Peterborough. So. Okay. Yeah. Does that mean you're coming? Oh well, I I uh, <laughs> I'll put it in my calendar. Um. I, well, I used to I used to live and work in Halliburton, so oh, that's. Okay. A little, what about an hour north of Peterborough? I think so, Something yeah. Like hour and a half? Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for about a year, year and a half or something like that down there around 2017. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be great to, to see and be there. I, I saw the videos that you have for yeah. the, for the festival. Uh, those, those folks are, I mean, it's really well shot. I don't know who does your videos. Is it the <laughs> same people? Because I mean, with your outlaw video, that's that's pretty cool. 
and then uh, yeah. videos for the festival. Uh, those are awesome. So I, I, I encourage people to go to your, uh, to your YouTube channel and take out, check out your videos for sure. But uh, the love, uh, love fest video uh, festival looks like a lot of fun. It um, is. Yeah, yeah. It's a event. So, you know, it's family friendly. We have people come out with their cars. Do you park your vehicle? You don't have to stay in the vehicle. You actually, people bring lawn chairs, blankets, whatever, and you sit outside. And so it is kind of like a Woodstock vibe to it. Is the VW bus going to be there? We had a couple of camper vans last year, <laughs> you know, really. And I thought it that's was the, so that's the icon, right? I mean, that was in your, yeah. that was in your video. Yeah, that was in Pretty Little Things. Yeah. Um, it's in the promo of Love Revolution. But yeah, that's yeah. why, you know, I, I'm a rocker. I love rock music, but I'm also a hippie. I don't know how that works. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you look back at Woodstock, there was rockers at the Woodstock, right? Well, that's it. You know, I think it's it's just, it's a vibe. And you it can is. do all types of music. But I think, yeah. you know, being a hippie is just all about, I'm go with the flow. I'm all about the love. And I just think love has to be at the root of everything you do. Well, even on your your uh, your logo for your T-shirt that you had, right? It has the peace sign that I'm familiar yeah. with that I probably had all over my my room when I was a kid, and then the peace sign, you know, <laughs> on the patch on my jacket growing up, along with the Kiss Army one. So I don't know how that worked, but anyway, <laughs> and Rolling Stones, but just icons. But uh, no, I like your the T-shirt. That's uh, pretty cool uh, uh, logo you have there for it, right? Yeah. Did you well, design that yourself? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I kind of, I told the person who created the, you know, because obviously it has to be done on a, with using a program and I'm not very proficient with that, but I told them I wanted like an emoji, a smile emoji, but you know, with a peace sign and to be a cowboy, like wearing a cowboy hat. So there's a country element to it, but that's what it is. It's, you know, peace, love music, <laughs> country music. <laughs> That's awesome. So what, what, what took you into country music? Because I saw on your videos, I saw someone doing dream on and uh, she was rocking it. And uh, where was that? That was in Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. Of all places. So what's the story behind that? Did you start off as a rocker? Yeah, the first year I started doing music, um, I don't know if you're familiar with The Truth. Yes, uh, yeah, love them. So, you know, I love them too. And the funny thing is, though, when I first started working with John Angus McDonald, he produced four songs for me, four rock songs. And I didn't know who The Truths were. But the reason I had reached out to John Angus McDonald was because he had produced one of my favorite bands, The Glorious Sons. And Yeah, so I love had, them too. Yeah, they're incredible. Yeah. And um, so he agreed to work with me. We recorded four songs and you won't really find them on a lot of uh, streaming services right now. They are on my SoundCloud. But when I came out with them, I had met some musicians from Brazil here in Toronto. We became friends. And then when they were doing a festival down in Brazil, they said, hey, why don't you come out and perform here and we'll play your songs. Like, we'll be your band. And I went, Oh my God, that's no brainer. Of course, <laughs> you know, I'm the type of person that I always say yes. And then I figure out the details later because people are like, what you're going to Brazil. And I had only performed twice before that, like with a full band. So it was my third performance. And one of the covers I did was dream. On. <laughs> that was your third live performance. Yeah. yeah. And you did dream on like that. I mean, that, that, that was awesome.
mean, you. you hit, I mean, uh, you hit that note, right? You know, I think it's ignorance really is bliss. It's like when you <laughs> don't know that you can't do it, you do it. <laughs> I always thought I could do it. I'm like, okay, you know, but it was funny because I got there and it was this massive stage and I've never played anything. Like, I mean, like I said, it was my third performance. Yeah. And I'm like, what do I do up here? <laughs> In the video, you see me kind of walking around and doing, you know, just trying to take advantage of the stage, but it, you know, fake it till you make it, right? That's right. That's good. That's pretty amazing. And actually, that's that's kind of how we we met. I was I was um, uh, Gene was was putting on his uh, Titans of Rock um uh festival or concert in uh, grand forks bc yeah. uh, another place i lived and um and at that time they were looking for they announced that the the the, the concert for a certain date in 2020 and uh they were looking for uh emerging artists uh to to play and i think i approached you yeah after yeah. after i saw pretty little thing sorry <laughs> wearing the kiss t-shirt in pretty little things not the other song that i mentioned but yeah and i was like wow and and i saw your other video i think i think it might have been uh outlaw around the same time yeah and i thought wow there's and you, you you actually at that time i think you um you really advertised yourself or or you had that you're a country rock right yeah. and uh and anyway so i thought i thought it would have been a good mix because um i used to live like i said i used to live in grand forks know a lot of the folks in that town yeah. uh, and been to that that festival before when it was called something else um but uh you know i thought you would have been a good fit and i think i approached you at that time and i think you you, you submitted your name but then things broke down the pandemic hit gene got busy and uh i think he withdrew his name from from that festival i think it's called canada rocks festival or something like that i should yeah. i should find out and give them a little plug here but um so it's changed but that's that was the motivation i was looking for some new new talent at that time um, not, not that I was asked to look for it. It was just, I was just trying to help out. That's how I found you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did, you know, and honestly, I really appreciate it because since then, I mean, I see, you know, who's supporting constantly and you were always there and always commenting and it means a lot, you know, and I know people talk about social media and likes and things like that. I really, I don't focus on those things. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But I do care when people comment on stuff enough to comment back and say thank you because I really appreciate it. You know, that's, that's real when people are truly supporting you it means the world to you you know that people believe in you i mean it starts with believing in yourself you have to have that you can't rely on people believing in you to trust that what you're doing is right but when other people start jumping on board with you Mm. that's an incredible feeling you know because now it turns into something much bigger that is not just about me it's actually trying to create something you know that it's like a big support system. I don't know. Everybody's supporting each other. It's wonderful. That's good. I mean, I think, you know, um, again, you, you see that really, again, the pandemic has sort of, sort of brought that out. I, I listened to um, a few uh, interview type uh, shows. One is, one is CBC's The Q. And, and I mean, they talked to a lot of, uh, you know, art stars, but um you know the the discussion has changed, right? And and, uh, and it, like you said, there's no um, there's no live like a lot of live uh, music was was gone, mm-hmm. but there was support amongst everybody. And then you know you hear that with uh, with uh, independent artists as well, right? There's there's the support mechanism that was there, people writing songs by via Zoom, uh, yeah. people, in, yeah, and uh, keep keeping that that. Uh, that alive because music is important to the soul i think of people so and uh, what 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 needed to touch the soul more than music during this last couple of years so 
Well, you know, bring it back to the festival, that was another reason why I created that is because, you know, I saw artists needed to get back on stage and they Mm -hmm. needed to perform. It's just an instinctual thing that, you know, you have as a musician and people wanted live music. They needed to come together and have live music and they started to understand the importance and the relevance of it and how much it contributes to people's lives. Um, but you know, the other side of it also was as an independent artist myself, you and I talked a little bit off air about this. I do everything on my own and I'm not trying to, you know, pat my own back for that, but I was talking to you about the importance of it and why you need to do that as an independent artist is do everything initially on your own so that you understand the business inside out, you know? So when you have people that come on later on onto your team, you know what you need from them and you can make sure that it's being done for you. You know, that's very important. Um, but the festival, I, you know, it's all independent artists who perform at my country music festival. And it was kind of to show people that look, independent artists can do for themselves. You don't necessarily, I mean, it's wonderful if you can apply and I do to other bigger festivals, you know, but your chances of being on a festival that's a very well-known festival are slim to none. Right. Let's be realistic. Right. But you don't have to wait for that. Instead, create your own opportunity. It's mm-hmm. doable. You don't need a big corporation to create that for yourself. You know, it's just, it's about networking. It's about connecting with the right people. You'll always find people. I have a slew of volunteers who come back every year. You know, one festival finishes and they're like, you're doing this next year, right? Because we're going to be back. So I already, my, the list keep, keeps growing of people who are volunteering to join. So I think it's very important to show independent artists that, look what you can do on your own. You don't mm-hmm. need to create your own opportunities. And it's also to show the industry, you know, that look what people can do for themselves now. It's incredible. You really don't need anyone, you know, whether it's financing to make something happen. There's funding here in Ontario, as you probably know. I mean, mm-hmm. tons of ways to get funding, but also sponsorships and things like that. So anybody can do this. That's, I mean, that's great, especially, you know, for emerging artists to hear that. Um, how did, how did you, how did you get to know these things? Did you, did, were you working with other people that, that did it? Did you sh- have people sharing with you or? No, I just, you know, I jump in and I, I really believe in trusting your instinct. You know, when I put out the song love revolution, I had been just let go from my permanent job at an airline, which, you know, I'd been working in the industry for several years as a manager and I lose my job. And then the first thing that came to me was put on a festival. And I'm like, what? You know, I started questioning my own gut instinct, which I don't do. I usually trust it and I go with it. But I went like, I just lost my job and I'm going to put on a festival because I was going to have to fund it myself, you know, and pay whatever needed to be covered. And Mm -hmm. I paid the artists. I had to pay for stage, pay for this, that, whatever it was. But I knew that I would get the money back. And, you know, thankfully I did in different ways. And, but it's important to trust your gut and go with that. And what happened because of that festival, you know, all of a sudden people took notice, like, who is this person who's putting on a festival? Who is she? You know, I hadn't been in the industry, like for, it's not like I'm a veteran in the industry and well-known, neither as a performer or as a promoter, you know, but I think that's what's important as a lesson. And not just, it was a lesson for myself, but for everybody to see what can happen when you do something that others maybe are not doing. You don't have to follow, you know, the track record of everybody else who's reached a certain level of success. Instead, create your own path by trusting your gut instinct, you know? 
That's amazing. That's that's yeah. And so we were saying, you know, did I have help? Of course, people helped out, but I think right. it was having the vision. And mm-hmm. once I have the vision, I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. Slowly, the right people started to come into. You know, I started asking my friends from the circle of people I knew. Do we have a piece of land? Do you know anybody who has a large piece of land to create a festival? And one person, yeah, you know, um, JP Jones, who's a friend of mine, he introduced me to Brent Clements and Brent owns a, a body shop where they restore classic cars and it's absolutely beautiful. But he's got this huge lot of land. He loves music and he was so excited to do this. So it was things like that. All of a sudden, one thing led to another. And three weeks later, we had a festival happening and people were like, like, how did this happen? You know? I was like, how did this happen? But we did. We made it. Well, um, back in a day when I was, um, boy, when I'm trying to figure this out, probably in early 80s, yeah. um, there used to be a lot of, uh, like, um, the associations, like um, uh, SOCAN, uh, yeah. which I forget what it was called then, ProCanada, ProCan, something like that. I um, wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm dating myself here. But anyway, the there used to be a lot of um, like seminars or, 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 or weekends information um, seminars or, that, that people would go to. That was really helpful for, for new artists. Um, yeah. I, I don't see, and maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. Uh, is, is there a lot of that speaking of an yeah. emerging artist? And you know, more than ever when COVID hit, uh, yes. everything went online all mm-hmm. of a sudden there's all these free conferences, you know, and that's something else that I encourage a lot of artists. I mean, I know a lot of people do, but for those who don't take advantage of it, you know, especially when it comes to rights, music rights. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, it's great to create the art and be an artist, but if you're not making money, <laughs> you know, then it's not a career. It's just, yeah. a hobby. and um, I have to credit Jake gold, um, who, if you know, he managed to track up and is, yeah back doing that um you know and very well known in the industry him and i spoke at length and that was one of the pieces of advice he gave me and i never forgot that because i kept trying to convince i'm like no no i'm serious about this and at the time i was working for Air canada mm-hmm. and he said if you're not making money from music it's your hobby and don't try and right. convince me otherwise and that stuck with me and i went you know what i'm gonna show you <laughs> and i started focusing on where is the money how do you make money out of this you know and once i changed my mindset all of a sudden everything changed and i started you know that now when i lost my job with air canada i was totally okay because i had another revenue stream through music several revenue you know from performing from i write my own songs with mm-hmm. my producer brent woods so we have royalties coming through there you know and it was figuring out how to have an actual career in the music mm-hmm. industry. So um, speaking of, of that sort of thing with, with the, with the royalties you just mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. So with airplay um, of course, and then yeah. streaming services, but streaming services, like I, um, I listen to folks like um, Alan Cross. Um, his, his podcast is, is very good. Um, and, but, and, and I know a couple of other artists in, in the, in the business and, and, and streaming is, is so difficult to, to get a, a significant income from anymore. Um, and that, and that's one sort of thing that sort of, uh, that baffles me. That might be the wrong word. Um, and maybe somewhat disappoints me that, that, uh, um, artists aren't, especially emerging artists, right there, they're, they're they, they put their, their songs onto these platforms and, and they get listened to. And some of them are thousands of, of, of plays and, and they don't get paid a lot. 
Um, is it is it is it radio that's still the the major source of royalties? Yeah, an artist. Um, and you know that's where again, I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but right. obviously from what I know personally, I think you give your focus to where you're making revenue. And it's mm-hmm. funny to me when people are so consumed with getting streams, and right, you're putting all this effort into getting. You know, and I understand it's more for recognition because let's say festivals and record labels, depending on what you're aiming for, they right. will look at those kind of numbers. But for me financially, it doesn't make sense for me to put all my efforts into trying getting streams when number one, it's very unlikely that those streams turn into fans. You know, you might just be lucky and get put onto a playlist where they have millions of followers. So all of a sudden you have 200,000 streams, but are those people becoming fans? You know, right. they, they start following you afterwards, and that's the thing. That's you, you're you're absolutely right, and, and and that's and that's what Alan Cross, um, in one of his interviews, said, and and I agree with him. And and he talks about um, the significance of radio, where you actually have somebody that talks about the song or the artist, and tell yeah. and and explains in very short terms why you should listen to that artist or that song, right? Whereas yeah. streaming. And, and I don't have a, and I'll confess right now, I, I don't, I have Spotify on my phone, but I don't yeah. use it. And, and I, and Apple keeps wanting me to give Apple music. I still buy iTunes. I buy the songs. Um, but with the thing about streaming is people have the cap- capacity to, to skip the song. Yeah. Right. So as an artist, you know, how you have to make inroads was 15 seconds. I forget how many seconds you have before it's, it's called a non-play. Um, so people skip song and, and, and that's, that kind of interrupts the creativity. If you're trying to create a song and then change it so that, you know, it hooks people right away, you know, yeah. it, it, that's not organic. Like some, some other songs that talk about, by the way, outlaw that for that one, that, that catches me right away. Again, I think making that connection with with the uh, with the listener, yeah. I think that's where radio still plays an important role. Um, they have the capability of of, of making that connection or, or saying, you know, taking somebody by the hand and saying, "Hey, you need to listen to this song, and here's why." Right, and, uh, and that's kind of what I'm kind of hoping about with with the podcast. I know podcasts are long, um, but I, I I have a couple plans to try and make sure that your song is heard and people become a fan. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the idea of this whole, whole thing. And you but, know, one thing I have to say that I've learned in the industry, sorry to interrupt you, but oh, cool. because you're talking about it, you know, you need to obviously write good songs. You need to put great music out there, but there's millions of artists doing great songs. I think what's most important is people buy into who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why people getting to know who you are is equally important. And that's right. why, you know, when you were saying earlier that you really, you work hard on social media and putting yourself out there because people need to know who I am as a person. Right. You know, when I started out doing rock, I had a lot of rock fans. And then when I switched over to country, 
I didn't lose any of the rock fans. The rock fans are now following me doing country. And they're like, I never thought in a million years I'd listen to country. But it, it's just, it's the proof that people will follow you because they believe in you and like you and who you are. Right. And that is the strength. You know, it's not just the music. It's also about the artists themselves. You're absolutely right. I mean, you, we, can, we, can look, we can look to a couple big stars that, that did just that, Shania Twain. So she, she won people over in the, in the country side of things and then, and then moved into pop. And, and I think you can say the same sort of thing with uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. And, and uh, they, they follow, right. It's, it's um, um, I think you're right. And, and I think this is, this is one way that I'd like to make sure that people get to know, you know, the, the artists that I talk to and, uh, and become a fan. Absolutely. And that's why it's, you know, it's invaluable for an artist, especially independent artists to have mm-hmm. platforms like this, to be able to introduce themselves, have people hear the music, but more importantly, know who they are, you know, know more about the artists themselves. Right. So what's your, what's your plans going forward? Uh, do you have, I, I mean, you just released uh, a better man. Yeah. I think it was at the end of January. Was it the 20th? Yeah. Uh, 18th. 18th. <laughs> I had an E in it. It's <laughs> close. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So you just released that. Uh, any any more plans? I know you got the festival on July. July sixteenth. Sixteenth. Yeah, that's going to be a big thing. We've got Craven. the one already set. I'm yeah. going to be announcing that in a couple of weeks, and tickets go on sale in March. Okay. Um, but the big thing, I've got a single coming out, another one in May, um, hopefully May. It's yeah. called 1975. You're going to love this one. <laughs> 1975. <laughs> yeah. I forget that year already. No, <laughs> no, it was, it was <laughs> 75. That's your, that's in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that one. What's I, I don't want to, I don't want to push my luck here and, and stop me if I'm, if I'm, so what's, can you give a little bit of a tidbit of what it's about yeah, besides I, the year? I've performed it a couple of times acoustically. So um, I think I did it probably once or twice also as a full band, but um, it's basically, it's an ode to, you know, 70s music like Zeppelin and Leonard Skinnerd And, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of the 70s, musically speaking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just water, Uh, by the way. (laughs) What's that? It's just water. Go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, I'm a huge fan of the 70s. I think it's one of the best decades in music. And, you know, I just, I wanted to pay homage to that somehow. So this is just a fun rock out song and I can't wait to share it, you know, when it comes out. It's actually all ready to go now. It's already done. <laughs> well, that's good. And um, and written and, uh, with this, you know, with the same co-writer? Yeah, so me and my producer, all, all the country songs I've done, mm-hmm. Brent Woods and I have um, co-written all the songs. It usually starts the writing process is that I'll start out writing the song myself here, send him what I've got, and then we work out kind of, you know, tweak it up together. And, you know, he's incredible with taking it to the next level with musicians he's had on board. And, you know, it's so funny because we were talking about Kiss. I mean, he got into the industry because of Kiss, and he ended up working with Gene and with Paul and he's like very good friends with Eric as well. So it's funny that there's the connection there and it's really cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I heard that you uh, actually had a lengthy conversation with Eric Singer, the, the drummer of Kiss, and you didn't know. <laughs> no, you know, I had never seen him without makeup. So I was like, recording at my producer Brent's house because we recorded in his home studio. And his friend Eric calls and says, hey, can I come over? And he goes, well, I'm working with a girl from Canada. 
So he turns to me and he says, are you okay if my friend comes over for a bit? I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, we'll take a little break. Right. So Eric comes over, we're sitting, chatting, laughing, talking, and then he leaves and my producer Brent goes, so you know who that is, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's your friend, Eric. <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes, well, he plays in a band. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he goes, you don't know who it is? I'm like, no, I don't. And he goes, well, you might know the band, Kiss. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just goes to show like, it's sometimes it's better that way. Cause not yeah. that I get awestruck, you know, I met my biggest yeah. idols, Axel, and I met him and I was able to stay calm. Cause I just, I don't look at people that way. I just see them as a person, you know, and yeah. it's cool what they've done and it's amazing, but I wouldn't want to be that person. That's all. Oh my God. You know, I met Jean too. And that know? was a funny story. Yeah. Where? <laughs> <laughs> I was working for Air Canada and I got a call that, um, there was an issue with a VIP who needed to get into the lounge with his team and whatever. And so it turned out to be Gene. And then he goes, no, no, I don't even want to go to the lounge. He wanted to sit in a restaurant because he wanted more people to see him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't sound like Gene at all. <laughs> Not at all. And then I told him I work with Brent. We had a conversation as well because yeah. he knows Brent really well. And <laughs> I have to share this story. It's yeah. I, you can cut it out if you don't want to, yeah. but it's hilarious because he kept asking me, so how much do you pay him? And oh. <laughs> I was like, what? And he goes, how much do you pay him? And I wouldn't answer. And then he goes, he changed the question. He goes, okay, how do you pay him? Like, what do you <laughs> Like, you're nasty. <laughs> I was just kidding. That's hilarious. I was trying to be funny, but we had a good laugh and it was fun. That's hilarious. You know... <sighs> I mean, I could go on about a few stories with Gene and, and uh, uh, every once in a while, it's still like surreal is, is the, is the word that pops up for me, but I, I still, I remember the kind of guy that he is and, and people think, you know, he's got a persona and, but I remember being at a uh, restaurant in Saskatoon and um, we're sitting there. And of course, a lot of people are coming over and asking for an autograph. You know, they'd sneak over. And he was very politely saying, Hey, listen, you know, we're having, uh, we're having lunch with, with the family. There's a big group of us there. Uh, my wife's uh, family is huge. And uh, <laughs> so there's a large group, but he used to say, you know, after, after we're finished, I, I will happily sign or, you know, yeah. whatever. So we finished the meal and, um, it took us over 40 minutes to get out of the restaurant and, and he spent wow. the time signing people, you know, napkins or whatever they wanted having a discussion photos, you know? And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was very cool. And, and I know people say, don't meet your heroes, but you know, in this case uh, I, I lucked out and um, same with, with Paul Stanley, you know, he's, yeah, yeah. You, you definitely know he's the, the front man for kiss, but, you know, met him a couple times. And, uh, again, it's the connection with people, right? They, they, they've been in a business a long time. They, they, they know. And I remember talking with, uh, with Shannon and, um, you know, we're talking about, about how long it's taking to get Jean out of the restaurant. And, uh, but you know, she just, she immediately turned it back and, and said, well, you know, it's, it's the fans that make this possible. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and and everybody's aware of that right so without the fans you know it, you know and i love to hear stories like that because yeah. that's what's important i mean obviously i'm not on that level 
but on whatever level you're at, yep. that's who you take care of. You know, and that's why I mentioned to you earlier that, you know, social media, people are like, oh, social media, and it's not healthy. You have to know how to use it. And it's a way to connect with people, which is fantastic. Right. Like you and I have connected. Right. But I think also acknowledge people, you know, when people put a comment on your page or whatever, take a moment to say something, you know, yeah. if you can, because those are the people that are going to lift you up and support you. And that's what they're doing. You have to acknowledge that. Susie, I really want to thank you very much for uh, speaking of down to earth, uh, coming on to this, uh, onto this podcast for me. Uh, I really appreciate it. But before we go, want to make sure that people find a better man so they can find it on, I found it on iTunes and probably on, are you on Spotify? Yeah. I'm on all the streaming services. Um, yes. Also the easiest way is to go to my website, www.suzycorey.com, which is S-U-Z-I-K-O-R-Y.com. Um, yeah. And I'm on all the social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Actually, you can yeah. actually download, purchase and download your songs on your, on your website as well yeah. right yeah and watch the music videos read a little bit about my bio it's all there <laughs> very good and you're yeah so we'll find you on the socials and uh i'm a fan i recommend everyone else to become a fan and uh we'll have you back because you know i think you deserve it because you were the first so we need to have you back <laughs> thank, you. thank you very much for having me on your program this thank is actually you. really fun to finally get to know you and talk to you about <laughs> Well, thank you very much. And thank you for, for coaching me. <laughs> as people, as some people won't see in this, you, you coached me with the, with the, uh, with the start of the program. So thank you very much. We're both learning. You're welcome. All right. Take care. You too. But a dream and a fight could sometimes steal you away Buses and bars, girls and guitars Taking this life just a little too far Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.